Hello once again to all you listeners we are back with the mind pod podcasts on mental health brought to you by my upchar and the fortis national mental health program fortis healthcare and dr samir parik i am a psychiatrist and today we have a conversation on a very important topic largely neglected in our conversations around mental health it's on postpartum disorders in fact as we talk about postpartum disorders increasingly the conversation is about peripartum and we'll try and get this differentiator from our experts who are going to join in today we're going to be joined in by tara mehta who's a clinical psychologist based out of mumbai fortis healthcare and dr rupika durjati who's a psychiatrist working out of sukun health uh, which is clinically governed by the national mental health program at fortis healthcare welcome both of you um good to have you on the mind pod and uh, you first uh, uh rupika uh, while i was talking about this i spoke about peripartum and postpartum if you could help us understand the difference between the two and the rationale of moving from postpartum to peripartum in the nomenclature so earlier there was this concept that uh, anything any mental health concern following the delivery was uh, considered as postpartum within 4 weeks of delivery but eventually over the years uh, as mental health professionals and as a society we have noticed that it's not just the period after labor and a lot of mental health concerns start uh, during the pregnancy and uh, or after the pregnancy and uh, during the labor and even 6 weeks after uh, labor the delivery so it's not just the 4 weeks after the delivery but the it could start any time during the pregnancy during labor or within 6 weeks of the labor so that differentiation was important so as not to miss the mental health concerns of women uh, during all this time and not just focus after the labor so i think that's a very important aspect to all of you who are listening that a lot of times because we kept on talking about postpartum so the focus on mental health was about after the delivery not realizing that during the process of pregnancy and sometimes even much later after the delivery of a child there could be impact on mental health and that's why the conversations now are about peripartum and not postpartum coming to you tara um before i come to the aspect of um, how to identify postpartum um, mental health concerns i wanted to understand from you what can individuals do or families do to try and reduce these chances is there some things that can be done during pregnancy which can help um, the family cope up with the entire aspect around the delivery and reduce uh, some of these uh, manifestations that may be happening during the peripartum phase um i definitely think that there is a lot that can be done um to to begin with that pregnancy the main journey an experience is of course felt by um the mother to be but i think that it's important to keep in mind that everybody's life changes a little bit 
once the child arrives and there is so much that you can do to try and make that a beautiful transition um the journey for the mother to be can be a very isolating one because nobody necessarily understands the changes that are going on inside and they largely focus on you know just what they can see on the outside but it's important to realize it's very hard to undergo those hormonal changes it's very hard to to grow a child inside you suddenly your body is no longer your own suddenly you're having mood swings for no reason you have so many symptoms that you have never experienced um before and i think at that point of time just having somebody who understands or is willing to understand what you're going through who's willing to make side adjustment changes to adapt this new situation that everybody is in to just provide support you know even if it's just to say you know we 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 don't know what you're going through but we're there if you need help if you just if you're having your cravings you know it's understandable if sometimes you know you're having mood swings at least let's talk about it you know it's important i think for families to realize that you know just feeding somebody who's pregnant is not the only way to show love it's important to say okay you know come let's let's go out for a walk because exercise is important during pregnancy it's important to talk to your friends who may have experienced it and i think now especially we find there is such a high uh, incident rate of people having complicated pregnancies uh, or having difficulties managing two children and especially those who are in a nuclear family so it's just important to realize that it's not just the mother to be who has to handle all of this and so much uh, support all and around from friends and family has to uh, you know the input of which is what would uh, likely to prevent postpartum depression from happening Oh, absolutely! In fact, uh, I've always said this that you know individuals don't get pregnant, families do, and it's so important for families to recognize this that uh, support to each other makes a huge difference. Um, in fact, when we look at protective factors for uh, postpartum uh, disorders, yeah. support from the family is one of the most important protective factors. If the family continues to be supportive. in various ways that you mentioned it could actually reduce some of the after effects of uh, postpartum and i think that's something we must and everybody who's listening remember individuals don't get pregnant families do so it's a family that needs to come together so uh, coming to you on this uh, rupika uh, help us understand the various kinds of postpartum presentations that an individual can experience and how do we identify them Okay, so most commonly, uh, what women go through, almost seventy-five percent of women who uh, have been pregnant experience something called baby blues or maternal blues, which uh, starts uh, within three to five days of delivery and can last up to days to few weeks. So uh, another more severe form of it could be depression, which uh, the uh, postpartum depression, which one has to be uh, monitoring for that it is not just baby blues and the individual is going through something more severe and more life threatening both for the mother and the baby so uh, depression could last for months to years whereas maternal blues generally lasts only for days to weeks so uh, rupika help us understand how do we uh, differentiate between let's say a postpartum blue or a postpartum depression or a peripartum depression as we were talking about it because if i'm not mistaken the blues are self remitting which basically means they will stop on their own in about 2 to 3 weeks whereas depression like like how depression as an illness is 
it will continue and have very similar manifestation that any other depressive illness happens across the board, uh, across the age group, right? Yes, so uh, postpartum blues or baby blues would generally uh, remit within weeks and uh, postpartum depression can continue for months to years if left untreated and no help is given. Uh, the symptoms are more severe in postpartum depression that there is lack of interest in any activities, no pleasure experience, no motivation for daily chores. There could be thoughts uh, of not wanting to live and feeling guilty and inadequate with regard to childcare. And that makes it more prone to being progressive and uh, leading to more severe consequences eventually in life and uh, life becoming uh, meaningless for the mother. So I think what one needs to understand here is that um, A, we need to have an awareness. Awareness about the fact that depression is a possibility. Uh, before I go to Tara on this, Rupika, could you help us understand that if, let's say, 100 deliveries have happened, what is the percentage of uh, depression that can actually happen? You mentioned that 50 to 75% of women may experience blues. But what about a depression? Around 10 to 15% would experience uh, severe symptoms which could qualify as depression. And also a lot of women who are going through baby blues, almost 25% of them might progress to a depressive episode. So we need to watch and monitor new mothers for this progress in symptoms and assessments should be done initially itself when the baby also undergoes assessment. Mother should also be asked that how she's feeling and how she's, uh, you know, uh, taking care of herself. Because if we don't monitor that, it can progress further and further without being treated. So I think that's an important uh, aspect for everybody, including colleagues from the me medical fraternity here who would be listening. That when you do assessment of the baby, let's also ask the mother, how are you doing? How's your mood? And we need to look for uh, this because when you're looking at 10% to 15% having depression and 50 to 75 having blues, those are significant numbers. And the right timely intervention can actually make a huge impact. Uh, coming to you, Tara, on this, uh, what is the advice that you would want to give uh, the individual and the family first to deal with the postpartum blues? I'll come to depression later. I just wanted to understand what can families do? We know that it is self-remitting. We understand support is important. But what can we do that can actually make a real positive impact? Um, I think that the most important thing to start off with is that uh, just to have an understanding that every life transition needs some time for adjustment. So if you've just had a child, it's a major life transition. It's for the mother, it's for everybody in the family. So realize that suddenly your schedule will not be yours. This will not be the same. Your time will not be the same. So your sleep will most definitely not be the same. So there has to be some sort of time allocated to just basic adjustment to this new life. And just 
a change in expectation on what life is going to be i think very often people feel the minute is, the child is born you know there is immediate love and there is you know it's everything it's beautiful and i think it's important to also be realistic and say it's beautiful but there are also times it's exhausting and there's times that you you know just want to yourself and it's just a life transition and that is going to take time and everybody needs to uh, you know be a little bit more mindful of that so that there isn't additional stress put on anybody in the family wherein you know there is going to be some amount in any case so i think just um, adjusting to the new life transition i think it's so important that you said that because um, it's not that um, you know the pictures that we put on walls uh, that's not really the only thing in fact to get a little child to actually give that smile to us may have taken a few hours or a few days for that one click to happen it didn't happen in a few seconds and um, so yes um, it may be challenging but then the joys of parenting would also take care of it and i think that's where for everybody to try and uh, focus upon that if we work on at this together and uh, don't be rigid about roles especially roles uh, which have a stereotypical expectation based on gender i think that's something we really need to look upon as a society and keep remembering and reminding yourself that the family is pregnant and not the individual so the family had a child this is a family's child and the family has a collective role so that we can all take turns taking care and ensure that sleep can be well distributed amongst everybody even before uh, we come to you tara once more to get an insight into the psychotherapeutic approach that will be happening or the counseling that is done for the depressive illness uh, asking you uh, rupika first uh, as a psychiatrist what is your approach for peripartum depression so basic approach would be treating for two to treat mother and child as a unit and uh, when there are depressive episodes depression has to be treated like any other uh, episode that would have happened any other time in life the many safer antidepressants are available now after careful assessment of the severity and the risk of relapse of symptoms that could be selected appropriately and uh, further monitoring and when to discontinue medication has to be uh, follow up has to be done so basically what you are saying is that you would treat the individual like any other depressive episode keeping in mind that we are looking at a delivery which has happened so there are safer medications available and those need to be taken like we would have given to any other individual who had depression and that's that's what essentially one needs to remember you are treating it like the illness that it is there coming to you uh, tara on this uh, in your role as a therapist what are the approaches and what do you tell both individuals and families when it comes to dealing with uh, peripartum depression uh I, we would start off with psychoeducating the patient and the family on what exactly is uh the depression what are the symptoms that the patient might be showing helping the family understand that um 
these are actual symptoms of an illness because sometimes they might not recognize them as being so. So we will first start off by just psychoeducating them about what are the different symptoms that we've identified. Um, the next thing with the patient, we would help them in coping with their feelings and dealing with their feelings. So if they are having these really low moods, how to deal with their moods, how to deal, which essentially comes down to working on their thought process. So very often patients have lots of cognitive errors. So I am not able to take care of of my child I'm a hopeless mother um, so it's helping the, in identifying these cognitive errors helping them have a more adaptive way of thinking uh, and that would in any case help them over time improve their mood so that's one thing we would focus on. We would focus on helping them set realistic goals. Uh, very often, uh, you know, a patient may feel, oh, now that I've had my child, my life should go back to being as structured as it was and time will, you know, fall exactly as I want to. But that doesn't happen. So how to set realistic goals and sometimes you're just tired you need to sleep when your baby is sleeping even if it's the middle of the day and sometimes it's okay to not fold the clothes or clean the house and it's okay to have a mess so set realistic goals in helping them also uh, achieve what it is that they want to but realizing that their life has changed and it can't be the same uh, helping them make better life choices exercise is very important even if it's a gentle walk once your doctor allows you to do it uh, making sure that diet is important and that you're no longer eating for two and you need to be able to get nutritious meals. It's important to prioritize sleep, which is always a challenge when you've just had a new child. It's important to, it, the most important thing in all of this is to also prioritize yourself somewhere. So just because I've had a child and suddenly when you are a mother or when you are a family, it's all about giving, giving, but you sometimes forget that you're important as well and you are put on the back seat. So it's important that you prioritize and maybe, you know, have a discussion with the family to say, maybe I just need half an hour to myself in the day, um, you know, where I'm able to sort of reset and get back on track. It's important to not isolate yourself very often you get so consumed with your baby that you tend to isolate from friends and family. And it's very important to ask for help if you feel you're struggling anywhere and you need to just speak to somebody, speak to a professional, speak to a friend, essentially reach out to, for help and say, I'm not able to do it and there's no shame in it because it takes a village to raise a child and it's hard to do it on your own. Yes, it sure does. Before we wind this up, a thought that came to my mind and asking uh, you, Rupika, what about the father? Is it true that postpartum can also happen to fathers? Yes, very true that uh, father, as you said earlier, pregnancy, a family goes through pregnancy and father also experiences the blues which the mother is experiencing. Fathers are also equally nowadays involved in the rearing and caring of baby. So not just mother, we have to be concerned about the father also that both of them are taken care of and you know, those subtle signs of their mental health getting disturbed and when they are in distress has to be noticed and brought to attention so that the family goes through it as a unit and is able to bring up the child well. Yes, so today we had a conversation on postpartum, which we now will be calling as peripartum, peripartum mental health. I think what comes uh, to my mind here is we need to start looking at the antenatal period first. Relationship between the parents, relationship and support systems of the family, how well adjusted you are in your life and how well planned your decision is 
to move forward and become parents i think that has to be the first focus then i think all the antenatal classes that happen which focus on so many important aspects need to incorporate the psychological aspects as well psychosocial education needs to be integral to the antenatal programs that are conducted the evaluation done throughout the period of pregnancy and during the postpartum phase must involve the mental health component checking for moods checking for sleep and appetite checking for how well the individual or individuals in this case are doing and ensuring that we don't miss out the subtle signs is something that needs to happen both at the level of individuals and families also at the level of the medical care that is given and yes like we've all been saying the family is the key so if we ensure support and uh, distribute responsibility as well take ownership as individuals support each other in the family and like i've always said be willing to learn from children if adults continue to learn from children then adults will become a lot better not only in supporting children but probably the world will become a lot better place on that note we'll be thanking tara and rupika for this conversation and we shall meet you again next week for another conversation where we are going to talk about gaming disorder this is the mind pod mental health conversations brought to you by my upchar and the fortis national mental health program fortis healthcare see you soon